Welcome to RCV Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about ranked choice voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and first-hand experiences from jurisdictions that have used ranked choice voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serve as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy-focused. Rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. My name is Chris Hughes. I'm a staff attorney at FairVote and serve as a liaison between FairVote and the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. In today's RCV clip, Understanding Multi-Winner Ranked Choice Voting, we'll look back on some of the key points presented in the recent RCV Resource Center webinar about multi-winner RCV. To view the full 49-minute presentation and question-and-answer session, go to www.rankedchoicevoting.org webinars, or check out our YouTube page under the name Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. In the excerpts for this podcast, you'll hear from George Gilbert, who served as the Director of Elections for Guilford County, North Carolina for 25 years, and from me. Let's get started with George explaining the multi-winner RCV process, which is also known as single transferable vote, which he distinguishes from single winner RCV or the instant runoff process. In the multi-winner RCV process, candidates run at large or in districts with multi-seat. Such candidate offices as president or governor or mayor are clearly single-seat winner contests. Examples of potential multi-winner contests are county commission, city council, school board, or a legislator. When more than one individual is elected at large or for districts, elections with multiple representatives within a district. The voting process here is identical to single winner RCV, with each voter having one vote expressed as rankings. However, with more candidates being elected in the contest, there are likely to be more candidates than in a single winner contest. This also may affect the jurisdiction's decision about how many rankings to allow. With multi-winner RCV, a quota or threshold determines when a candidate has been elected. And here is where multi-winner RCV begins to depart from the single winner process. We'll go into this in greater detail later, but essentially the threshold is the number of votes in candidates, that is the number to be elected, can receive, but N plus one cannot, for example, in a three-seat contest, the threshold is the number of votes three candidates can receive, but four cannot. Each voter's single vote is eventually counted toward one candidate, or in modern STV methods, divided among multiple candidates. Whether counted for one candidate or divided among multiple candidates, the value of each vote remains one, thus the term single transferable vote. Finally, multi-winner RCV results in proportional representation. George covered a lot of details in that clip. Before we get into the math of multi-winner tabulation, let's briefly consider why this voting method is used and focus on the proportional representation aspect. Ranked choice voting assures that any substantial like-minded group can win representation roughly in proportion to its share of the vote in the represented region. 
This stands in contrast to the winner-take-all systems in which, as mentioned, a majority or even a plurality of voters controls the makeup of the whole body to the exclusion of minorities. In proportional representation systems, a majority of voters will still elect a majority of a legislative body, but smaller groups have the power to elect representatives as well. The idea behind proportional representation was well stated by 19th century theologian and philosopher Ernst Nabel when he said, in a democratic government, the right of decision belongs to the majority, but the right of representation belongs to all. Now that you have a foundation about multi-winner RCV, let's listen to more excerpts from George as he outlines how the threshold is calculated. Listener warning, there's a good bit of math discussed in this segment, but it's actually pretty simple in the end. Now let's look at how this actually works. As with single winner RCV, each voter ranks some or all candidates. Then the number of ballots cast provides the basis for the next step. And that is the calculation of a threshold or quota. With the threshold being a number greater than the number of valid ballots cast divided by the number of seats to be filled plus one. This might be best understood as a percentage, and it results in a threshold of 25% plus for three-seat contests, a threshold of 20% plus for four-seat contests, or a threshold of 10% plus for a nine-seat contest. This is the percentage of the vote that a candidate needs in order to get elected. Now, being elected with 10% of the vote may not sound like majority rule, but think about it. If there were one majority winner from each of nine single districts, each representative would have been elected by a very small percentage of the total vote. Say each district had a 1,000 voters, each winner gets 51%, they would each have less than 6% of the citywide vote. In a similar RCV multi-seat election, each winner would be required to receive 901 votes to reach the 10% plus threshold. In fact, in filling any number of seats, multi-seat, multi-winner RCV requires greater support for winners than a comparable single-member district method. The next step is if a candidate's vote exceeds the threshold, the extra votes are transferred to the voter's next highest ranked candidate. This ensures that all votes are fully meaningful to the outcome and that a majority view will elect a majority of the seats. And subsequently, if there are still seats to be filled, just as in single winner RCV, the candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated and his or her votes are then counted for their next highest-ranked candidate. If you didn't catch all of that, or like me, you need to see visuals of math formulas, remember to check out the full webinar, which includes several demonstration videos. For now, we'll stick with the brief explanation we've provided today and close with my highlights of some of the possible legislation and initiatives being considered for multi-winner RCV this year. In 2017, the California General Assembly passed Senate Bill 1288, This bill authorized any local jurisdiction in California to use single or multi-winner RCV in their local elections. I do want to note that charter cities in California can already adopt any form of ranked choice voting, regardless of the status of this particular bill. While the governor did veto SB 1288, 
It was the first piece of state legislation passed in decades that authorized and spelled out in detail a comprehensive set of RCV rules and procedures. Next, we have the Fair Representation Act, or H.R. 3057, which was introduced in Congress in 2017 by Representative Don Beyer of Virginia and would require each state with more than one representative to establish multi-member districts with elections conducted using multi-winner RCV. Then this year, Arizona, Massachusetts, Virginia, Washington State, Santa Clara, California, and Montgomery County, Maryland are all considering the adoption of multi-winner ranked choice voting for local or state elections. Santa Clara will be holding a vote on their adoption of multi-winner ranked choice voting this June. If it passes, Santa Clara will be the first city to adopt multi-winner RCV for its city council since the 1950s. Thank you for joining us today for our February RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Please take some time to rate and review our podcast. You can find other resources that the Resource Center has put together on our website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org. Thanks to our intern, Chris Rohde, for helping us put this podcast together. Until next month, I'm Morgan Chance on behalf of my colleagues, Chris Hughes, George Gilbert, and the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.